Hi, my friends. You're listening to the Janice Dean Podcast, and I'm so glad you're here with me today for a really important conversation about mental health. I am a big advocate of being healthy when it comes to taking care of ourselves and not just our body, but our mind as well. Like so many of us, I've had a lot of moments in my life that have required some introspection and reflection. Therapy is something that has been incredibly important in my life since my early 30s, and when I came to New York 20 years ago, that's when I really felt like the world around me was falling apart, even though on the outside you would have thought I was the luckiest gal alive. When I was asked to help host an event here at Fox to introduce Cindy Green, one of our EAP or on-site employee assistant program providers, I immediately said yes because I'm just so proud to have this service accessible to our employees here at Fox. We need more companies to hire people like Cindy, and you're about to hear why. Please welcome Cindy Green to the Janistine Podcast. Thank you for coming today, Cindy. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I have to tell you, I did not know that you were in the building until I got an email saying... That you are. Yes. Here you are. Surprise. I'm here and I've been here for three years. That's fabulous. But we did have a pandemic. Except for that time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so tell me about that. You get here at Fox. You've got this brand new awesome job. You're going to help employees here yes. with their mental health. Yes. You're ready to go. Yes. And then a once in a lifetime pandemic. I started seeing clients here, employee, Fox employees, uh, in January of 2020. I was so excited. <laughs> I This was a perfect job for me, for my style, for my life at this point. And 10 weeks in, oh. I was like, hmm. This is, I guess I'm, maybe I'm not going to have a job, <laughs> I, I guess, for, for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but... Fox generously, you know, said we, we, I felt it was generous to say, you don't have to be on site. We can see people, we can talk to people on the phone and see them on Zooms. And yes. so that's what I did for two years. Wow. And we're back in the building. And we've been back in the building. I've been back in the building since March. Okay. I was very eager to come back to the building. Yeah. And I'm thrilled and it's working out great. I think it's really great that Fox decided to bring you on because- you know, I've been a big advocate of therapy. I started in therapy when I moved to New York City uh, 20 years ago this mm -hmm. year. Um, and, you know, it was something that I never thought about. You know, you saw movies where people had therapists. The Sopranos, of right. course, was a big thing. Oh, yes. Remember? Yes. I mean, I think that show, I love that show. And, of course, it, it was a landmark program for many different reasons, but I love that, you know, this mob boss was seeing a therapist. Yeah, it was a central part of the this giant story. Yes. I thought that it did. It was good for us. Of course. And I remember seeing that and going, that's, I mean, listen, it's not good that Tony was a mob boss. He did some pretty <laughs> awful things, right. but he went to see his therapist. I just thought that was a really cool way of introducing something that, that we all should have in our Lives. I mean, in if, our lives, and we should all. It, people say to me, like, do, you know, who should go to therapy, and should I get therapy? And my answer is always, everyone. Yes. Yes. Good. Everyone should have therapy, and not everybody has therapy, of course. But I, I can't imagine that there's not a therapy for everyone. Right. And 
all it is is going in and talking to somebody about something that might be bothering you, and that person doesn't really know you like a family member, so there's no judgment here. We're trained to know our own biases and not judge and yeah. be really like not trying you know, we try not to be critical um but we you know we are we're supposed to know mm-hmm. what we judge and what we don't judge and and sort of leave that at the door so we don't we are generally not judgmental yeah um i try not to come off as judgmental you know uh very hard and i i hope i do <laughs> and um yeah so uh and it's a different relationship than a friend or a family member. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a private relationship. Yep. It is, a therapist is going to ask questions and talk about things that your family will not. It's not socially acceptable to ask a lot of the questions that I end up asking okay. when with somebody sitting on the couch. Right. Um, and so... And it can be hard and there can be tears. I see that sometimes as healthy. Yes. And this is the hard work. So, um, but this is the work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So how did Fox find you? That's a great question. I was part of the local employee assistance program association. I joined that because I wanted to build my private practice in sort of new ways. I had a whole bunch of ideas. And so I was on their you know email distribution list. I was trying to network for a couple of years. And an email came through and it said, uh, there's a media company in Manhattan looking for an on-site for short-term work. And this is similar to a job that I've had before. And I said, this is, and it was it was ten hours a week, and okay. I was like, oh, ten hours a week, I can do that. A little extra money, I can do that. Yep. And I reached right out, and um, Fox had a consultant for many many years, and she was the one doing the search. Mm-hmm. So I met with her. Um, I shortly thereafter met with a few HR people, and uh, that's the short version. <laughs> wow. And tell me about your background, how you got into this profession. Sure. Oh gosh, how did I? get into this profession. I mean, is this something you've always like when you were a kid, you were like, come sit on the couch. Tell me about your life. Not really. (laughs) Not really. I really wanted to be a social worker because I wanted to do good work. I Mm -hmm. wanted to help. I really wanted to help people. Okay. And I wasn't even sure when I went to social work school that I wanted to be a therapist. I just wanted to find a way to be helpful and to be meaningful. Mm. Uh, So I went to social work school to really... you know, to try and find that. And what I learned in social work school, that that's a very wide, there's a wide range of things Mm -hmm. that I can do. And yeah, I sort of followed this clinical path. Am I allowed to ask if you have had therapy in your life? You're allowed to ask. And I am happy, not everybody wants to answer this, but I will shout it from the rooftops that I have had therapy in my life. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I love that because Judy, who was my therapist for many, many years, you know, once we got, to know each other over all of those decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she admitted that she got into the profession because she needed therapy. She had a, you know, um, you know, volatile childhood mm-hmm. and and there were a lot of cobwebs in her mind that she mm-hmm. wanted to clear out. And as she was doing that, realized that she this was the profession she wanted to be in, to Mm -hmm. help other people. I think that's not uncommon. Yeah. Uh, I I had a therapist before I became a therapist, before I decided to take this path also. I'm sure that influenced me as well. Yeah. It's good. 
Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. So tell me about what's strong mental health? Strong mental health. <laughs> it's so funny because I was talking to, I uh, have a clinical supervisor, right? As part of my, I mean, I've been, I graduated from social work school 20 years ago, okay. but I have always had sort of supervision and it's become at this point more like peer supervision. But he, uh, I, I, we were t- I sort of asked ourselves this question and he was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I think what it really is, I think it, this, it can be answered in so many different ways. Yeah. But what comes up for me is not being happy all the time, not being satisfied all the time. Like, that's not realistic. Okay. But what is realistic is being able to manage the challenges that come into everyone's life. Yeah. Right. And being resilient and being able to find joy, you know, sometimes you know, yes. like, as it's appropriate. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, and when people come to see you, is it a is it a big life event that happens that kind of crashes down? I mean, for me, it was, I realized when I got to New York on the outside, it looked like, wow, she got this big job in New York and she has an apartment on the, a tiny apartment on the <laughs> Upper West Side. Um, and, you know, in your early 30s, um, living in this big city, I was really unhappy. Yeah. And I realize now that there were many things leading up to that sort of crash at a time in my life which should have been the most exciting. Yeah. I mean, you say should have been the most exciting as if there's like some rule about it. I suppose. Yeah. But but the truth is like there are no rules. And what happened was you had this all this great stuff that looks great on paper, but there was like some struggle there. First of all, I think moving to New York is... Hard. It's crazy. It's hard. Um, and so, if you don't land in New York and you know, like have some kind yeah. of moment, right? Like it, it's like normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, it can be a big event that happens. A really with clarity. Some people come in and say this thing happened. Yes. But oftentimes, people come in and they sit down and they're like, "I don't even know why I'm here." Oh wow! Yeah. And. So often, it takes hardly any time for something to emerge. Yeah, and then there, then there's tears. Right, <laughs> and I again like that. That I think it's great. Yes, it is. It's a good moment yeah, because right. you realized, okay, this is this is what's bothering me right now, and that's step one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's step one. And you're never too old either. Never too old. I'm on like a listserv and, and I see often, not often, but periodically, I need a therapist who takes Medicare for this, you know, 78-year-old, you know, man or woman who has never had treatment before and really needs some help. Yeah. And listen, um, our kids went through a really traumatic event yes. uh, with a pandemic. Um, I think children should also, if they... You know, if the parents are cool with it, therapy is good. I absolutely agree with that. I, I will say I don't specialize in because I don't see yep. kids. But mm-hmm. yes, yes. If if your kids are showing um, any behaviors or if they're talking in a way that seems like they need help that you don't know how to help them with. Yeah. Then yes. And you can get referred through your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. You can get referred through friends. You know, there's lots of ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Are more companies doing this kind of thing, employing uh, therapists on? 
I don't have the, the I don't have the numbers, but I think the answer is yes. Okay. I think the answer is I think this is fairly new. I mean, I don't know when people started having EAPs companies started having EAPs on site. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's it's more and more. Uh-huh. And what is the like how many sessions can people come to see you? Well, for Fox, it's eight sessions per year per issue. Okay. So it's pretty generous. So, you know, if you come in feeling depressed and we have eight sessions and then we can sort of figure out what the next step is, if Mm -hmm. you need a next step or not. Um, But then if like later in the year you, you know, develop a gambling problem, (laughs) you know, you can come in for eight more sessions. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's very generous. Has it been busier in your profession the last few years? So yes, yeah. <laughs> it ha- I mean, there's been such a focus during COVID on mental health and um, how challenged people were to feel good and feel normal and yeah. feel like you know. And I think I think a big part of that was the social isolation because when we talk about how to improve your mental health, there's a lot of things to do. One of yes. which is find you know, socialize, yeah. connect with people, mm-hmm. and. That was a struggle during the Zooms didn't cut it. Nope. <laughs> they did not cut it. I mean, it's better than nothing. It did its job when we needed it to do its job, but it it missed yeah. this sort of personal mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. What do you tell people who are still, you know, afraid to get out there again, you know, that have been isolated uh, and they have to get back into the workforce? You know, there's right. been a lot of companies that have said, okay, like you can stay home and we can do this. But now they're realizing, no, like we need to get back into the office again. Right, right. Well, I think for everybody, it's going to be different. Like what are one person's reasons for staying home versus another? Mm -hmm. I think for people who struggle socially um, in relationships and, uh, you know, to just take things really slow, like one step at a time, like and, and don't have, you know, expectations of yourself, whatever you can do. To improve your socialization yeah. is great. Doesn't have to be. You don't have to have a party, right? You can just have a coffee with somebody or like a conversation for five minutes. I mean, it doesn't have to be big baby steps. Yeah, and we have to take away the stigma of this. Oh, I mean, yes. somebody can come into your office, and the company is not going to find out and be like, "Oh, that person, you know, mm-hmm. has some mental mm-hmm. issues." Right? That's right. I am licensed by the state of New York. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And I have to abide by the confidentiality rules. I have a HIPAA obligation. So no, and and the company is very respectful of that. Nobody ever asks me, who's coming in and what are they talking about? Like (laughs) nobody cares. Nobody cares. The company just wants people to feel good. And if that means they have a few sessions with me, then they're happy. What can we do in our everyday lives to improve our happiness, our joy? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's different for everybody. But I think the first thing is to sort of understand, like, am I joyful? Am Is this a problem for me or or not? And, you know, if, if I'm having trouble finding joy, like, again, with the baby steps, like, what's going to make me happy right now? Mm. Like, is sushi for lunch going to make me happy? <laughs> yeah. If so, then that's what I'm, then I should do that. Yeah. And until, you know, until that, and, and this becomes a habit. When you practice these kinds of things, it becomes a habit. So then we move on from the sushi right, yeah. to like bigger things. Right. And it can't be the beer at lunch every day. 
Well, I don't recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) Once in a while. Of course, everything in moderation. Right, absolutely. Everything in moderation. Substance abuse is a problem for many people. And um, if, you know, if you have a couple of drinks during the week or, you know, if you go out with friends, like, I never don't tell anyone not to do that. But Mm -hmm. unless they're really struggling with it, right? And then it's like, well, then you need help. And, you, you know, Fox employees can come to me. Or, you know, go to another therapist. Anybody can go, you know, see a therapist for help with this. Yeah. What if someone comes in to your office and complains about something that's happening at the workplace? That's a good, well, there, it depends what's happening at the workplace. Right. But um, we talk about, first we talk about what it's like for them. First I'm going to say, well, what is this like for you? Yeah. This sounds like a struggle. And what are you weighing you know, what is what is this burden for you mm-hmm. to be either be involved or be observing? Let's talk about that. Yep. Um, and then is it helpful to talk about sometimes people just want to say it. Yeah. And they need validation mm-hmm. and they don't want to say like they don't want direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes they do. And then we talk about, well, what do you want to do about it? And should we talk about that? And what do you, what if you'd pursue this? And how do you want to say this? And you know, what is the right wording to use? And yeah. So it, it's, it's pretty individualized, but mm-hmm. that's kind of what I think, how I think things might go. Yeah. And do you recommend people do certain things when they leave your office? I know you talk about, you know, the, okay, sushi for lunch, that right. kind of thing. But on a day-to-day basis to keep our minds in check. Right. Well, like a homework assignment after a session. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's different for everybody. It's really different for everybody. Sometimes I don't give a homework. Sometimes people don't need that. Right. They just needed to come in and process some things. Okay. Um, But listen, all all sorts of good habits, right? Like taking care of your body is going to take care of also take care of your mental health. So make sure you're getting enough sleep. It's connected. It's all connected. I have so many stories of like the like people who, you know, sort of knew they were sick before they like got anxious and found out they had cancer, you know, like things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, so there is definitely a mind body um, connection. Um, But take care of yourself. Go to your doctor for regular checkups, exercise, eat well, sleep well. Sleep is underestimated as yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, you know, you got to sleep. Yes. You have to, and listen, we're in a business here where it's difficult. You know, yes. it's 24-7 job. I work very early mornings. Um, yes. I always say the hardest part of my job is actually getting up. Um, I don't know how you do it. But, <laughs> but you do. And you have to have a family that understands that, too. Like when I take a nap, my husband's like... Yep, mom's yes. got to go take a nap. Right, right. Very important. Right, and this is, I imagine you have had to communicate this to yes. your husband, to your family. Like, this, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, I need, to, you know, my hours. Until, and you have to talk about it until everybody just kind of gets it. That's right, exactly. Like, mom's going to take a nap now. Right. Um, this business that we're in is 24-7, a lot of bad news. Yes. Right? We're consuming a lot of mm-hmm. news that... Uh, is anxiety filled. A hundred percent. Right? That doesn't... So what do you tell to a person who works in this kind of business? Yeah. Well, first of all, again, back to self-care. Yeah. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're putting yourself in a position of strength, physically and mentally, so that you can handle processing all of what you see every day. I mean, I talked about this a lot, especially during pandemic. Um, 
that, you know, because everybody was saying, if you listen to sort of general mental health advice in pandemic, they were like, turn off the news. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't work here. <laughs> That's not right. going to work. So what do we do? Um, we really take care of ourselves and come talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. To, and talk to each other. Talk to trusted colleagues and friends and family. Talk, like, you know, maintain those connections and talk, process this. Yeah. I, and I've said this many times. I've been here almost 20 years, and there's a reason why I've been here so long. You know, listen, Fox went through some bumpy times, but sure. they have done a really good job in making sure that the. The not so great stuff is gone and that we have a, 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 a workplace where we can go somewhere to talk to somebody. But I also have such a great connection with so many people here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we talk about um, role models or um, people to go to, to who are mentors. Mentors, right. I think that's really important. I think that's important personally and professionally so that, you know, you get a reality check, you get guidance, you get um, just sort of processing. And and again, it creates a social connection that is so important to mental health. Yeah. And plus, a lot of the people that you work with are going through the same stuff. Right. Right. You can sort of commiserate. I think you'd be careful about that, too, because sometimes that can become a little toxic. All right. So you have to be really aware of, like, is this working for Mm, me? Or is this creating division? Or, you know, is this, you know, maybe I need to take a break from... You know, all all of that. Because that can feed off of each other. It can feed off of each other. So like everything else, it's a balance. Yeah. And it's always good to take a break. I love telling people to take a break. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always like, I hope this fits in with the culture of the... No, you, have, you, to. you have to. I've learned that over the years, too. I mean, I find myself, okay, got to go here and here, and then I got to do this. I mean... But then sometimes... And the person is going to understand that you have to just... Take a breath. There is so much value in taking a break there because you need to refresh. I think I used the metaphor before. You can't drive a car across country without stopping for gas, yeah, right? right? So you can keep going, keep going, but you're going to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. And you have to avoid that. So you have to step away, whether that means going for a walk around the building or a walk around the block or, you know, taking a day off or a week off, you know, use your vacation time, use your paid time off, um, walk away from your desk because when you take these breaks, you come back refreshed. It improves your creativity. It improves your frustration tolerance. It gives you a fresh perspective on what's going on. Yeah. And that is all, I mean, you will work better. Yeah. I find that when my office is neat, oh it, yeah, right? Yeah. And listen, I'm a person where if you saw my office on one days, there's like clothes mm-hmm. on the floor, there's <laughs> pencils yeah. and pens and computers and curling irons and makeup and, you know, but there are times where I'm just like, and my husband actually taught me this because he's a very, he's somebody that likes, you know, a clean desk when he sits down, sure. uh, but that really mentally helps you as well. I mean, even if you just set aside and I'm, okay, today is the day I'm going to clean off my desk. And even though it's going to get messy again for that moment in time, you're like, you know what? I, 
I feel good about myself. Yeah, I I think so. It's so funny because I imagine like all these like college professors who are sort of like disorganized with like piles of papers and books and all around. Maybe and there are some people that thrive on that. I think that works. Yeah, for clearly sometimes that works for you. But if if you're struggling to feel motivated or to feel organized, yes. try it. Yeah. Try organizing your desk, your office, your home. Right. Try if that's it try it. Yeah. See if it works. It's something. Yeah. Um it would work for me. <laughs> it kind of works for me too. Yeah. I am, but I have to put my mind to it. And then when it's clean, it's like, oh, this is nice. And then it gets messy. Sure. But yeah. that's life, right? It's a process. Right. It's a process. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. And then I talk about my friend Dana Perino, who gave mm-hmm. me real, I think about her advice a lot because she was on the podcast mm-hmm. um, when I first started and she is somebody that just says this is this is what helps me and she said she would go through life agreeing to lunches and yeah. dinners and all these extracurricular activities and it was getting to the point where she was like I don't have time for myself so now I am just going to have to say no yes Yes. And this is sort of a lot like taking breaks, but setting boundaries. Yes. Setting boundaries and knowing when you have crossed your, like you have to sit, realizing when you've crossed your boundary. Like I think I told you the story before when I first opened my private practice, I was so eager yeah. and I wanted to take everybody and I wanted to, I just wanted to see people. I wanted to grow my practice. And I think I agreed to see somebody at nine o'clock at night, <laughs> uh, like on a Tuesday right. as a weekly thing. And I got like, into the first, I got like 15 minutes into the first session and I thought this was a mistake. (laughs) Right. And this, and it, and that's how I learned Mm -hmm. my boundary. Right. And she has this great piece of advice that you don't have to have lunch physically with that person, but on my way home, I will give them a call. Yes. You know, and that's checking in and and saying hi. Totally. It's the gray area. Yeah. Not everything has to be so black and white. It's not like, oh, I have a two hour lunch or nothing. Right. It could right. be a 30-minute coffee. It could be like you said, a conversation on the phone. It yes. could it could be something else. Uh-huh. But it, you know, the gray area is like it's wonderful. Like we should all be exploring the gray area. Absolutely. And I think we're our worst enemies when it comes to that. Yes. Because I think most people are pretty like they understand. I think people understand and are very uh, understanding of other people yes, <laughs> more than them. So, well, especially, you know, listen, this is, a, our environment is people who want, are driven to excel in this company, right? Yes. Like if, if not, they would be working somewhere else. Uh-huh. So I imagine people are very hard on themselves yeah. and that's, again, that's also a process. <laughs> and we, we, I talk to people a lot, like, I wish you could be kinder to yourself because yes. what you're describing is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. What about putting the phones away and the devices? Uh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> and again, do, yeah. I know I'm speaking to a company where right. we are 24 seven, but I think, you know, this company understands where, you know, you're home and you put the phone away. Yeah. And if not, this is a discussion to have. Yeah. Right. This is a, this is a discussion. Like how I, I need to set these, I can't, well, it depends on the situation, but you know, you've got to be able to take care of yourself in order to do do your job well. Mm -hmm. But you know, putting the, I mean, putting the phone away is going to help you sleep. If you fall asleep with the screen in your hand. Not good. Not good. Not good. Also, 
guilty as charged. <laughs> but it's a, for me too. I mean, I like to say that because I like to say like, it's a struggle yep. and I'm working on it. Right. I mean, I fully admit that I tell my kids, okay, we have to put a time limit on the screen time with the iPads and the phones and then they'll see me in the corner. Yeah. Dur- oh, right. Mom. <gasps> Mom, you shouldn't be on your right. phone. Right. Why you're telling me this and look at you. You're always on your phone, mom. I know guilty as charged, but you know, we're, we're trying. We're We're working on it. And I have said to my kids before, you're right. Yes. I will put it down. Or you know what? I, I, there's something I have to do for this reason. Yes. And I'm an adult and I'm the parent and I, I have different rules. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little different for us. Yeah. They're still right. They're they're right. They're absolutely right. The other thing that is really important is, you know, Fox has a great exercise area. We have a gym here. That is, I think if you can't get out of the building to actually have a place where you can get some clothes on and go on a treadmill for 30 minutes. Yeah. And this is where the gray area could come. Some people are like, if I can't work out hard for an hour, then it's not a workout. (laughs) But you know what? 20 minutes on the treadmill is better than nothing. Right. So try it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So red flags. What are the red flags we're looking at if, you know, the world is about to crumble before us? Your personal world, Jamie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like if you're having trouble sleeping, if your appetite has changed, if you're if you're, um, you know, just not feel, I don't think you have to be able to so clearly define your, um, your sort of emotional struggles to know that you're having emotional struggles. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling off or just can't be happy or dissatisfied, like the, you, also you don't have to wait till your world cr- is crumbling. Yes. You know, you can just be like, huh, maybe I could use this or maybe I, I can't define it, but I want to. I want to change something. I don't even know what it that that mm. can be too a reason to come see me. Yeah. And so, how do people find a person like you in the company? That's a great question. I understand there are like emails that go around. Yes. Um, I there's a for Fox. There's a uh, website. Uh, it's well for it's called resource resources for living. Okay. And it's a division of Aetna. They're the people who administer the EAP. Okay. Um, my, I think my name is, is there. There's like, there are flyers. There are, um, this is a really, I actually don't, I have to say, don't really know the answer to this question. <laughs> I should, I'm trying to make it up and it's just, I can't, I don't know the that answer. That is okay. <laughs> but I think if somebody is looking for a person like you, they could probably call the HR department. They can absolutely call the, the HR department all know me. <laughs> I sit on their floor. I sit on their floor, but quite frankly, like in a little corner that nobody, like down a long hallway where hardly anyone ever walks. Right. So it's very, you know, we try and be really um, conscious of people's privacy. Okay. No, yeah. I like that. I yeah. think I think it's really important to have a person like you on site for this time in our lives. Just, I think more companies would benefit from it. It means that they care about their employees. Sure, sure. And if employees um, have, you know, are, are mentally healthy, they're going to perform better. Yes, excellent. And some, sometimes it's just enough to know that this is available. Absolutely. Just knowing that it's available. That it's here. It's helpful. Like, here's a little bit of a safety net in case I need it. That's all I need to take a risk or, you know, push myself or, you know, 
be healthy. I agree. Well, Cindy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Right? I'm so glad that you're here in the building. And uh, here's to a very healthy new year. Happy, healthy 2023. Thank you, Cindy, for coming in today to put an emphasis on why it's so important to take care of our mental health these days, now more than ever. And hopefully, businesses will also make a point of looking into having a person like Cindy on their staff to ensure their employees have a place to go if and when they need to talk to somebody about a situation or event in their lives, either personally themselves or in the workplace. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.